This is the inspiration behind this podcast, where we talk about everything from cooking, diet, gut health, and mental health, to hormones, the neurological system, and immune system, and beyond. We talk food, remedies, lifestyle hacks, and so, so, so much more. I really, really hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Hello, friends of Sweet Vegan and Sweet Vegan Spills the Tea podcast. I am Jennifer June. I am extremely happy to be here, and I'm really grateful that you're here with me today for season one, episode 13, Life After She's, the episode where we will talk about life and cheese and life after that cheese. We will have lots of cheese talk, plenty of cheese talk, but uh, this episode is actually also about comfort foods in general. So what it is that we are drawn to about them and, um, you know, why and what we can do about that. And then also how to veganize some of our favorite non-plant-based comfort foods. Whoa. Uh, yeah. So, um, so we'll start with that. We will get to the cheese. There'll be plenty of cheese, lots of cheese talk. I didn't just lure you in with that title for nothing. Do not worry. But uh, we'll start with just comfort foods in general. Um, Basically, not always, but generally speaking, most comfort foods contain one of the three most alluring ingredients (laughs) there are out there, Uh, those being sugar, salt, and fat. And some of them contain all three of those things, which is very exciting. So. Um, we can get addicted to all of those things happens all the time. Sometimes we are drawn to these things because we're having, um, other things going on. So for example, let's say you tend to really crave salty foods. Maybe you're low in sodium or maybe you're low in calcium or something like that, but that kind of comfort food that we seek those typical comfort foods, French fries, pizza, um, donuts, whatever, that kind of good stuff. Um, it's generally that, that salt and fat or fat and sugar, salt and sugar, salt, fat, sugar. It's that, mm, that draws us in. And the thing is that we don't have to stay attached to those things. We actually can sort of reset our taste buds Um, to not crave them as much or to even just like not like them as much, which is crazy. I know, but it's true. Trust me. Because, um, well, here's some examples. Uh, Not that you need actual examples, but I have them. I used to really like chocolate bars that you can buy at the corner store or the grocery store. And for some reason I stopped eating that probably I was pregnant. So I had like cut out refined sugars and I don't know, chocolate or something. And, um, I got serious when I was pregnant (laughs) at first for the first baby. Anyway, uh, I got very, very serious about what I wasn't going to eat because I didn't want it to affect, um, my beautiful daughter. And I, didn't eat chocolate bars for a very long time, nine months, probably longer. And when I finally did have one, which I was probably very excited about, it just, it didn't even taste good. It, to me, it tasted suddenly like waxy and just not even sugar, but just 
concentrated sweetness overload too much and I did not enjoy it and I still don't enjoy them. I don't like chocolate bars anymore. I love dark chocolate. I love like actual good real chocolate, but those chocolate bars that are just full of processed sugars or high fructose corn syrup or whatever they have in them, can't stand them. Find them overwhelmingly sweet. I just, I can't. Same with any kind of, I don't know, like cupcakes from a grocery store that have the icing. I can't. <laughs> I used to. I used to love it, but I no longer know. Um, another example would be what? Um, cheese. We're already talking about cheese. We're going to talk about cheese throughout, probably, honestly. There'll be lots of cheese. Um, okay, so I went totally plant based for a couple of years. And as a treat to myself, I decided to have a pizza, my favorite pizza. And it was amazing. It was spinach and gar like roasted garlic and sun-dried tomatoes, olives. It was so, so good. And I was very excited. And I thought you've been doing so great. You haven't had any animal products in X amount of time. It's going to celebrate by having like one treat night of pizza. And I ordered it. I was very excited. And I was extremely disappointed when I ate it. Because the cheese didn't taste the way I remembered cheese tasting. And it was the same pizza place. It was the same pizza that I used to love so very much. But now this pizza just really honestly just tasted like oily, just fat, like blobs of oily fat. And I know what cheese tastes like. I remember that taste really well. But when you haven't eaten it for a really long time, it's just very overwhelming. It just You just taste fat. Um, unless it's feta cheese, maybe, because that's not really a fatty cheese, but like a mozzarella, a big ooey gooey drippy mozzarella sounds amazing. Looks beautiful in a photograph or on a pizza. <laughs> but if you're not used to it, just it's not that palatable. Honestly, it's not that tasty. So once you've not had something for a certain period of time, you might not like it anymore once you've try it again if if you try it again so there are a few obviously other comforty kind of foods but let's start with the oil the sugar and the salt um and like ways that you can sort of cut back on that because what happens when you're eating a lot of that is that the other foods that you're eating are 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 so much more subtle of a flavor than just salt or sugar especially like a really processed sugar um your other foods don't taste as strong. So you crave to put salt on that food to give it some flavor. You're not tasting the flavor. So you want that salt. So you want sugar um, on things. I don't know what oatmeal or in your tea or your coffee or whatever. So once you cut those things back or out of your diet, you actually are able to start tasting the other foods and they taste amazing. If you have a vegetable soup and you're used to always putting tons of salt in it and you cut that habit and then you taste a vegetable soup weeks or months later, you can taste all the vegetables. You can actually taste the vegetables. You don't just taste mostly salty veg. It's like you can taste the tomatoes. You can taste the celery. You can taste the 
peas. I don't know what's in your soup. <laughs> I'm just saying that it's, it's a really cool thing that happens. You really start to taste your other food um, and not just whatever you usually mask that flavor with. So, um, so for oil, for example, which is not very healthy, it is not healthy, it's not good for you. Oil is uh, just usually saturated fats. I'm not talking about olive oil, although you still shouldn't be eating, you know, heaps of it. Um, and I'm not talking about the oil that's still in the whole food. So I'm not talking about if you eat an avocado or if you're eating some nuts or seeds, I'm talking about the actual processed oils. So tropical oils like coconut oil and, and palm oil are very high, that those are just saturated fat or the vegetable oils. Um, you are, you, well, these things are already very unhealthy. Sorry. I was thinking also about animal fats, but we're, we're talking about plant based stuff right now. So I'm just telling you that even though these oils are not animal based oils, they're still not healthy for you to have. So, um, some alternatives to using these and also just realized that I have been vegetarian for so long that I couldn't think of an animal fat that you use for cooking, but I know that people do. Some people use lard, some people use duck fat, chicken grease, like for making gravy and stuff like that, I guess. Um, so instead of using those things, plant or animal-based, um, here are some suggestions for you. So something that I've been doing more and more lately is instead of using um, oil, because usually I use a little bit of olive oil to saute things, instead of using oil, I'll use water or a vegetable broth um, or a bit of wine to keep the food from uh, sticking to the pan and give it a little bit of extra, extra flavor. And if you're making salad dressings and you usually are used to putting a lot of vegetable oil or olive oil in your salad dressings, um, you could add things like soft tofu or avocado. You can throw in a little handful of cashews, um, some plant-based yogurt, depending on what kind of dressing you're making. All of these things can kind of give your dressing like a nice flavorful vibe and also like a, a, a like a more texture. So depending if you throw in I don't know, cashews, maybe you're going to have like a thicker dressing. I don't know why I said, I don't know. No, I'm too excited about this topic. Um, okay. So that's for salad dressings and sauteing. And um, so, yeah, you can water saute or, or use a broth or whatever. That's totally fine. And honestly, it doesn't taste much different. The, the difference is really just that your food's not as oily. So that's good stuff. For baking, you can use applesauce, you can use mashed banana. Um, there's other stuff, but those are really great. If you, if for a recipe that calls for um, oil, usually if you use one of those things, you still get that moisture that the oil gives you without getting all the saturated fats. Plus you get whatever nutrients that banana or applesauce, um, you know, adds to your recipe. So that's fun. If you like to put margarine on your toast in the morning, let's say. Um, try just putting on a nut butter, a seed butter, hummus, um, a mashed avocado. If you like your toast sweet, if you usually put like butter and jam, you could put a nut butter and um, uh, some mashed berries on top. So no, no sugar either. Um, mashed 
banana with some cinnamon, super tasty. Um, and then for fried foods, not just saute, but actual fried foods, um, what you can do is say instead of um, deep frying your French fries or sweet potatoes, what you could do is you would season them with some garlic salt, uh, or sorry, gar garlic powder, um, some ground pepper, some fresh or dried herbs, and or whatever spices you love. It depends on what you what you want to do. You could use cumin or smoked paprika or steak spice or whatever you want your, we'll say sweet potato to taste like. Um, and then you would put it in the oven, like cut it up, throw it in the oven all nicely spiced up at 425 until it's crispy on the outside and tender on the inside. Super delicious. And like a billion times healthier for you. That's my scientific medical analysis a billion times better for you than deep frying sugar oh that evil sugar sugar which those of you who are used to me are probably fascinated by the fact that I have not gone off completely on some sort of medical tangent about every single thing like every malady or disease that that you know oil could possibly create for you <laughs> and i'm doing it on purpose we're talking about comfort food this is this is a, a cozy episode um and but yes but out of character for me all right what was i talking about i don't even know oh yeah sugar so sugar um there's some different way things what do we put sugar in like again in your coffee or your tea just like don't i don't have a recommendation for you. Maybe if you like, if you have to put something sweet in your coffee or tea, which you don't, but if you feel like you really have to, or at least at first, if you have to, I would try maybe like a teeny bit of maple syrup, but maybe that would taste weird. I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that it's delicious. I've never tried it. I actually just thought of it right now. Otherwise, I'll just take it out. Um, for, so on your toast, let's go breakfast, lunch, dinner, snack, dessert order, uh, on your toast. Again, you could mash bananas or berries or both, uh, instead of putting jam, that's just mostly sugar on your toast. Um, you can also mash berries with um, vegan cream cheese. It's super tasty. It's so good. Uh, or nut butter, seed butter. I kind of just said that when I was talking about the oil, but taking out the, the margarine from your, or butter from your toast. Um, one thing that can really sweeten up something that you're eating, like a smoothie or whatever, is um, cinnamon or a bit of vanilla. They're not really sweet, but for some reason they give that sort of sweet, little sweet, a subtle sweetness to your food. Um, not healthy, but healthier than corn syrup or refined white sugars would be coconut sugar, agave, maple syrup. Um, yeah, they're not healthier. I mean, they're not healthy, but they're healthier. The healthiest 
way to sweeten your food would be to use date sugar, which I have done and it's great. And you should go ahead and use it because it's literally just dehydrated dates that have been like ground down to a fine powder. But I will warn you, I learned this, um, that I learned this by making this error myself, that date sugar has a very strong date taste (laughs) and um, a very brown color. So if you're making plant-based fudgesicles, they're great. Works perfect with the chocolate. You don't even notice like that date taste and your fudgesicles are, are dark brown. So it doesn't affect the color. If you're making something that has flavors of say, like more, I don't know. I want like Christmases, like autumn flavors, like, like, um, I was going to say molasses. That's also something you could sweeten things with, but also has a very strong flavor and is dark in color, but let's rewind. So if you're using spices like cinnamon and allspice and cloves and things like that, and maybe dates actually blends in really nicely with that. Amazing. If you're trying to make like a light, adorable, cute vegan cheesecake, and you want it to be light in color and flavor, and you throw date sugar in there, you're going to get this really overpowering date flavor and your adorable white creamy cheesecake is gonna be like a not cute color i learned this from experience it's very sad and if you don't like how it turns out and you waste all these gorgeous ingredients it's it sucks you can also get date paste though if you are using date date uh dates for sweetening your stuff it's also good date paste, good for like loaves and cookies and stuff though. And maybe some puddings. I don't know. I never tried that. Just thought of it. Anyways. Okay. So let's move on to salt. There are salty things and I don't want to mix this up with sodium that naturally occurs in some foods, whole foods, same with the fat thing, same with the sugar thing. When I say like oils that you should avoid As I mentioned before, I'm not talking about avoiding eating nuts and seeds and avocados and things like that. And when I say that you should be avoiding sugar, I am not talking about fruit. I'm not talking about actual whole fruit or vegetables like, I don't know, carrots, beets, things like that. These are not things I don't, do not want you to avoid. Not even if you're diabetic, these are not the same thing. So again, also with the salt, there are foods that have sodium, like whole foods, whole plant-based foods that have sodium that is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about actual like table salts, like salt, salt, the salt you find in processed foods and the salt that you pour into your food when you're cooking. And I'm not saying never use it. I'm just saying use it in moderation and replace it with other things when you can. So some salty things that are not pure salt would be things like tamari, shoyu, soy sauce, um, miso paste. These are things that there's other brags, um, uh, soy aminos. There's things like that, 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 and other seasonings that are salty, but they're not just pure salt that can bring out some of the flavors in your food without overpowering it and without being extremely unhealthy. Don't use like a cup of soy sauce, obviously that's, well, first it would taste gross, but second of all, you're overdoing it. 
And then other things you can do to sort of bring out that, because salt sort of brings out that umami flavor in food. So there's some other tricks would be to add like a teeny bit of mustard or mustard powder to add some tomato paste or a bit of nutritional yeast that has, if you've never had nutritional yeast, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Some people say it's a cheesy taste and we'll, we'll call it that, but it, it doesn't taste like cheese. It has a, it has that kind of, it has a really similar pro flavor profile. <laughs> I don't know. There is a cheesiness about it, but it doesn't taste like cheese, but it's really good. I love it. Um, so, and it also gives kind of like a little bit of that umami, like that warm flavor to food and even tiny, teeny bit salty and often is like a good source of vitamin B12. So if you've gone plant-based and you're taking a B12 supplement, I hope, um, but also, and looking for foods that are fortified and have, um, uh, B12, that would be one of them. Okay. Am I missing anything? I don't think so. I think, I think that's good for the, for the, for the oil, sugar, salt. I mean, I'm always missing something, but that means we get to talk about this again. So, um, let's move on to actual comfort foods, like the actual foods, not just those three evil seductive ingredients that are in them. One of my personal weaknesses is potato chips. I don't know why I love them. They make me feel disgusting when I eat them. And sometimes I eat them anyway. Sometimes I see them and I'm like, this is going to make me feel gross. Maybe it's okay if I just have a couple. I won't feel gross if I just have a couple. I can't just eat a couple. And then so I eat a whole bunch of them. And then I do feel very gross afterwards. So my suggestion to you, if you are going to eat chips, is to eat like actual tortilla chips made of actual corn meal or corn flour that are um, minimal ingredient chips. So not like Doritos. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about the corn chips, like those weird little curly, salty fat ball things, those curls. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about an actual like tortilla chip or eat popcorn. Popcorn is a fantastic snack that you can put all kinds of flavors on. Personally, I like to put the teeniest, tiniest, just most teeny little pinch of salt and then some nutritional yeast because I'm a huge fan of uh, nutritional yeast. And um, yeah, but I went to a friend's house one night and they made, I think there was like four or five different bowls of popcorn. There was a bunch of us there and they flavor each one a little bit different than the other to see which ones everybody liked. So there was one that they literally had squeezed lime and put toasted coconut, little shreds of, or flakes of toasted coconut and lime and I can't remember what else. And then one had like a cayenne pepper and another one had sesame seeds. They had toasted some seeds and mixed them in with it. It was really fun. So I think that's, that's fun too. And then, or if you do like, um, you could do a, a vegan cashew parm kind of style cheese. So that's ground, um, cashews and some nutritional yeast and a bit of garlic powder that on popcorn. So good. 
so yeah, play around with that. Try try some different seasonings and, and toppings and see, see what you think of that. Um, speaking of chips, nachos. Also, huge comfort. I made some literally yesterday. I made nachos. And I like to put tons of stuff on them. I put black beans. I put bell peppers. I put jalapeno peppers, tomatoes, uh, sliced black olives. I put queso. And we'll talk about queso in a minute. So if you are eating chips and you're eating the ones that are not salted and are basically just corn flour and water, enjoy your nachos. If you are avoiding chips, and you want that same kind of nacho. <laughs> God, I was going to say party in your mouth. That's so sad. Um, <laughs> nachos, party, I guess. I don't know. I have no excuse. But anyways, my suggestions to you are take all those delicious fillings that are healthy and, and great for you and put them in a tortilla and throw it on the grill and make it into a quesadilla instead. Or one of my favorite things. Um, use all of those nacho toppings as toppings or filling for a baked potato. Mm. So healthy, makes a whole meal and you won't feel disgusting afterwards. For sure, one of the top, top comfort foods on the planet is pizza. And the thing is, you could put vegan cheese on your pizza if you want to, but I'm going to just be really honest with you. Most vegan cheese that you find in a grocery store is not healthy. It's just a ton of saturated fat, just like actual, not vegan cheese. It's often made with coconut oils. I've talked about this before, but it's really important for you to, to know this. Just because it's plant-based doesn't mean it's healthy. I've said this a million times. I will probably say it a million more, but you have to look at the ingredients when you buy vegan cheese. And I'm not telling you never, ever eat it. I'm just saying that you should be mindful of what it is you are eating and you definitely shouldn't eat it all the time. So there's some vegan cheeses that are made out of cashews or other nuts. And um, while you don't want to eat massive quantities of that either, it's still much healthier than eating the cheeses that are made mostly of say coconut oil. So be mindful of that. Why am I talking about this? Oh yeah. Pizza. So you can put some vegan cheese on your pizza if you want to, but traditionally in Rome, pizza wasn't covered in cheese back in the day. Pizza was, you know, just that dough with like a beautiful tomato puree or sauce with, you know, fresh basil or oregano or rosemary or chili flakes. I don't even know. Did they have chili flakes? And now I'm just like making up a pizza for you in my head, but you can put all of these things in the sauce or on your pizza and you can put delicious, beautiful, thinly sliced veg on it. And you don't have to have the cheese. You can get really used to eating pizza without the cheese. And I didn't think it was possible, but as I already shared my story with you about my very disappointing cheesy pizza, <laughs> Um, I don't miss when I eat pizza, I don't miss the cheese. And sometimes I eat it with vegan cheese and sometimes I eat it without cheese. And if, as long as you dress the pizza, right, it can be amazing. I love putting olives and sun dried tomatoes and, um, artichoke hearts, um, and mushrooms, garlic, roasted garlic onions. There's so many beautiful things you can put on your, 
on your pizza. And my tip for you is if you are a fan of pizza, which if you're not, I don't even know why we're talking to each other right now, but if you're, if you're, if you are a fan of pizza, I'll give you this tip. If you're not used to vegetarian or vegan pizzas as well, this is important. If you've ever ordered a vegetarian pizza, you may have noticed that like your mushrooms are all dried out and crispy and your, I don't know, green peppers are like almost still raw and same with the onions. And it has that kind of bitter taste to it. If you just very lightly saute these things before you put it on the pizza and throw it in the oven, you'll be very happy. If you just lightly brown the the garlic that'll really bring the flavor out. If you just lightly saw the onions before you saw saute the onions before you put them on the pizza, that'll bring out their sweetness. Um, for mushrooms, if you if you just saute them a little bit first, it will really um, bring out kind of like that meatiness about them, and also it will make them moist and tasty instead of just being these weird dried up paper mushroom. Like I think I'm picturing an exact slice of pizza in my head right now. Um, so yeah, it makes it softer to, to bite into first of all. And then second of all, it really does bring the flavors out and make you feel like you're really getting like a nice mouthful. I don't know how to, I don't know, words are not my thing today for some reason, which is unfortunate. Should we move on to the other massive comfort food that most people are crazy about and love and eat in many different forms. Some people make it homemade. Some people buy it in a box. Some people get it frozen and it is delicious almost all the time. And that is mac and cheese. And everyone has a favorite way. Some people put little broccolis in it. Some people put hot dogs, which is gross to me. Um, but whatever, if that's what you like, that's great. And everyone should have their mac and cheese in life. I am not ever, ever going to tell you that you can't have mac and cheese in your life. I am going to tell you that if you're going plant-based or you have concerns about eating dairy or, you know, no, I'm not going there. I told you I wasn't going to go there. We're not going to get heavy into the medical. We're going to go a little bit little tiny bit into the medical stuff in a second. But I will say there are cheese sauces, cheese sauces, plant-based cheese sauces that are made with cauliflower. There are cheese sauces made out of cashews. If you don't do nuts, there's the cauliflower that I just talked about. Um, Dr. Gregor of nutritionfacts.org does a mac and cheese. It is so good. And it is made out of pumpkin or butternut squash it's they're interchangeable in the recipe and it is so good and it's really creamy and delicious so good you can also do a potato based cheese sauce so that this so you boil or steam the potatoes but really really well so that when you're mixing them they kind of get that cheesy consistency about them and then mm, it, oh yeah also if you add carrot if you care that it's orange you can add some carrot for color and then nutritional yeast and um, garlic powder, a little bit of white miso paste, doesn't have to be white though. Any miso paste you have is fine. Um, a bit of, you know, paprika or whatever. And then you can add, well, depending, you don't have to put paprika. You could put whatever you wanted to this sauce because it's a, just a cheese sauce. So it doesn't even have to just be about 
mac and cheese. We were talking about mac and cheese, but this could be a cheese sauce for your broccoli, be a cheese sauce for your baked potato, whatever. So depending on what you are going to put this on, you could change up the herbs that you put some dill in it. You could, um, if you're going to use it as more of like a queso, you can put chili flakes or little tiny chopped up jalapenos. They don't have to be tiny. If you love jalapeno, put huge ones, whole ones. I don't care. <laughs> Just giving you suggestions. Um, and speaking of queso, which I love so much, it can also be made out of um, sunflower seeds. And what was the other one I saw? Mm, well, cashews, obviously. Or not, obviously. If you're enjoying this podcast and would like more information on my holistic health and nutrition services or to book your free 15-minute holistic health and wellness call, you can reach me by emailing me at sweetvegancoaching at gmail.com or by using the contact form at www.sweetvegan.net. Are you ready? Are you ready for the uh, the cheese talk? Should we get into the cheese talk? Cheese might be like the mother of all comfort food. It's on all the comfiest pizza and, and the nachos and the I don't know chili cheese dog lasagna oh my god lasagna hi right I'm not going to be the vegan who tells you that there are a ton of delicious vegan or plant-based cheeses on the market that taste exactly like the cheese you're eating today because if I did that it would be a bold-faced lie I would be just lying to you and I will be the first to tell you that if there are any vegan cheeses that taste exactly like dairy cheese, which I doubt, they are very few and far between. I have eaten every single plant-based cheese that I have ever seen or been able to get a hold of. And I will tell you in all honesty that with the exception of two vegan feta cheeses that came incredibly close, like really, really, really close to tasting like actual dairy-based feta. And then maybe one goat, like a plant-based faux goat cheese that also came quite close. Aside from those two things, I have not tasted any plant-based cheeses that taste like actual cheese. And as I said, I have tasted them all. And I will also add to that that I have found probably about 90, at least 90% of those plant-based cheeses to be very gross, like really unenjoyable. <laughs> I'm not going to name any names. Well, I'll name the names of the, the two feta cheeses and the kind of goat cheese in the show notes. I'll dig those out for you and put them in the show notes. Um, the, yeah, the feta was like a very firm, but kind of creamy, but really, really close. And then the goat cheese comes in like a few different, it's like these logs and they come like rolled in herbs, like or like um, cranberry something or other. Anyway, they're really good. And I put them on crackers, put them in recipes, very tasty. Not the exact replica, but, but pretty good. I think if you eat a vegan cheese because you like it, great. If you eat it because you're trying to exactly replicate something that was like a dairy cheese dish, you're just going to be really frustrated and disappointed, probably. Not everyone feels that way, though. I will say that. I know some people who don't feel this way, who 
will interchangeably eat dairy and and plant-based cheeses and but i don't understand it and i don't agree so i don't want to tell you that you're going to love it because if you're like me you won't um what did i want to say next okay i promised i wouldn't go deep into like the medical and health side of this and that that's not what this episode was going to be about so i won't go too far into it but i will tell you a tiny bit, just because I think it's important for you to really understand for those of you who don't, um, why you want <laughs> to kick cheese to the curb, dairy cheese to the curb. So first of all is salt, which we talked about earlier. Uh, there's more salt in cheese than there is in like your standard potato chips. Um, so that's enough to really seriously raise your blood pressure. Cheesemakers put heaps of salt in cheese. I don't know what, why, and I could have researched this for you if I was more thoughtful, <laughs> but I didn't. I'm going to guess. I could guess and say that maybe it's so that it could be for flavor, but it could also be for the preserving of it, you know, to keep the cheese fermenting, but not rotting. It's probably not that. I probably just made that up, but that's my, it's my thought. Um, and then saturated fat, just it's just a pile of saturated fat. That's what cheese is, uh, which is the bad fat, which boosts our bad cholesterol, which contributes to things like insulin resistance, which causes diabetes, which contributes to heart conditions, which contributes to inflammation, et cetera, et cetera. I promised you I wouldn't go too deep into it. And then also another thing about cheese is that um, the dairy proteins in it contribute to inflammation also. Um, which uh, then contributes to, you know, pain and and swelling and autoimmune diseases like rheumatoid arthritis and lupus and um, definitely augments any flare-ups if you already have any of these diseases or disorders. And okay, I'm done with the medical part. See, I kept it short. So when people say that they're addicted to cheese, they are saying that to be dramatic, obviously. I can't live without cheese. I'm addicted to cheese. Uh, but they're also being, whether they know it or not, actually pretty literal as well. Um, because you can literally be addicted to cheese. Doesn't mean you can't kick the addiction, but you can actually be addicted to it. And here's how that works. Cheese typically comes from a cow. And that cow would have to either be pregnant or have recently-ish been pregnant um, to be producing milk because her body makes milk to feed her baby. And what happens is, well, first of all, what that means is that dairy is packed with female sex hormones. So estrogen. And it also means that you are getting, um, proteins that when the baby calf, when the calf is digesting or when you are digesting it, I guess, if you're eating it, the, the proteins in that milk that the cheese is made out of release casomorphine molecules. And those molecules attach to the same receptors that opiates and narcotics attach to. So like heroin and morphine, and you're not going to get high. It's not like that you're, I don't, unless you've gotten high off cheese. I don't know. I guess you'd have to eat a lot, a lot of cheese for that time, but you're not going to get high off of it, but you can get hooked on it just like you can get hooked on um, narcotics and uh, opiates. It, it actually technically is an opiate. So uh, this is great for a baby cow 
who needs to form that mother baby bond and also great for a baby cow that in a very short amount of time needs to grow to be like on average about 720 kilogram about so that's 1500 pounds it's great what we're hoping you are not planning to grow to be 1500 pounds in the next year so and by the way it's not just cows human breast milk has the same same deal so not the same extreme but we have human babies who need to grow very very quickly uh so yes and the mother baby bond and all that good stuff so that is how cheese can actually literally be addictive it is Okay, so that was basically just a quick summary, though. There's lots and lots of information about it that goes into more detail out there on the internet. You can look it up or you can check out um, Dr. Neil Barnard's book, The Cheese Trap, which like is a really good read if you want to nerd out on, on everything I was just talking about in more detail. Okay, so speaking of cheese, we, we've kicked cheese curb, but we are, we're missing that cheesiness that cheesy flavor um, and uh, some ways that we can add that back into some of our foods. Again, it's going to be a cheesiness. It's not going to be cheese. It's going to be cheesiness. It's not an exact replica, but nutritional yeast, as I said earlier, has a subtle cheesy-ish flavor. And so I put it in as, oh, I was talking about earlier, the Parmesan. So I like to put plant-based parm on my pasta or in some salad dressings, sometimes on popcorn, things like that. So um, as I said, you would grind up cashews and um, a bit of garlic powder and nutritional yeast and get kind of same vibe for your, for your plant-based buck. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, there's a recipe for it on sweetvegan.net. You can go check out and I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, if you want to get really fancy with your parm, by the way, you can add like a tiny bit of um, hemp hearts and uh, a bit of um, miso. I can't remember where I heard that. Tried it. It's not too bad. Not too shabby. Um, you can also make a queso, like I said earlier, with sunflower seeds or cashews or cauliflower. And the one that we had yesterday had cut up jalapenos in it and it was delicious. It was so good. And if you're into making your own cheeses, which I am, because uh, I like to make everything, especially huge messes in the kitchen. Um, Miyoko Shinner and uh, Julie Pyatt both have books that are pretty great with cheese recipes in them. And some of them are heavy on the coconut oil. And some of them are oil-free and you can decide which ones, if you're going to try them out. I, they're definitely worth checking out. Some of them are really not the healthiest, but are tasty and fun. Julie Payette even has like a, a cheddar that almost tastes like a processed kind of Velveeta cheese spread. It's fun. It's really fun. Not super healthy, but a fun, fun treat. Uh, and then she has some, some other healthier recipes as well. And uh, they're pretty great. And Miyoko also, great recipes. So bringing our comfort food, Life After Cheese episode to a close, I would leave you with just two main pieces of advice. One, as I said at the top of the episode, really try and cut that salt, sugar, fat habit out as much as possible. 
If you can reset your taste buds, you won't even crave those things. And if you happen to eat them on occasion, it will either turn you off of them completely, or you'll be very satisfied with just a small amount of it. You'll eat half the whatever (laughs) pile of chips or whatever. And you'll be like, that's good. That's a lot of salt. I'm good. That's fine. So really resetting your taste buds to allow yourself to actually taste the flavors in your real plant-based whole foods and enjoy like a world that you have not even been exposed to because you're so used to masking those flavors with stronger, salty, sugary, oily tastes. Kick that, kick that habit to the curb. And then secondly, to flavor your foods with spices and fresh and dried herbs and other incredible flavor enhancing things. Like we said earlier, there's, I don't know, there's mustard and there's tomato paste and there's soy sauce and there's miso paste and there's other pastes and there's fermented foods that you can just add little bits to that will completely change the flavor of of what you're eating. And I cannot stress enough how much fresh and dried herbs and spices are a game changer. And I wrote you a list. This is not even every spice and herb I have in my house. I have more than this. I just like don't want to spend an afternoon listing them to you, but I will read you the first heap that I saw when I did a scan in my kitchen. I have always in my house, allspice, basil, bay leaves, cayenne, chili flakes, chili powder, cinnamon, cloves, coriander, cumin, curry powder, dill, garlic, ginger, uh, fresh and dried ground, garlic and ginger, marjoram, mustard, fresh, dried ground, uh, nutmeg, nutritional yeast, onion powder, paprika, smoked paprika, parsley, rosemary, sage, thyme, and turmeric, and many more. And I also am a big fan uh, of uh, Bragg's liquid aminos and spike dried seasoning mix. And I have, did I say miso? I don't think I did. I have three different kinds of miso paste in the fridge and many mustards. I said mustard already. Okay, so there you go. Kick the sugar, fat, salt habit. Try some plant-based whole comfort foods that you haven't tried before and um, spice up your life. Spice, (laughs) Spice up your cooking, spice up your kitchen, spice up your life. Thank you so, so much for being here today. This was fun. And um, and yeah, I hope you all have a really, really great day and take really good care of yourselves. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can follow us on Instagram at underscore sweet vegan underscore or on the Sweet Vegan Coaching Facebook page. Feel free also to check out sweetvegan.net where you'll find a ton of free recipes, articles, meal plans, and the Sweet Vegan Spills the Tea digital magazine. Have a great day and take good care of yourselves.